Welcome to Talking Toro episode 19, or if you prefer, episode 5 of season 2. A little bit different this week. This is a preview of Torino's 1-0 defeat in Naples after a very gutsy performance, um, missing a string of chances and then losing to a late goal, following up on 1-0 defeats to Sassuolo and Inter. Um, I'm being a bit facetious, Rob, but yeah, what which which result uh, between Sassuolo and Inter disappointed you most? A hundred percent, Sassuolo. I think that I think the Inter performance, which might go on to first, it are at least a couple of sort of things that you can take away, a couple of uh, good bits of play, and we definitely deserved a result. I think, to be honest, we were lucky to get to get nil uh, nil points against nil points. It sounds like the European Zone contest. Uh, we were lucky to get no points in the Sassuolo game. Um, I just thought we were even from the start of the game, just a bit slow, just no real. Uh, urgency and then we sort of basically gave up in the last 10 minutes and sort of gave, gave Sassuolo that confidence who weren't great either to say well if you want the win it's, it's there if you want it um, I, I, we probably should have known that they, it was my birthday weekend for the Sassuolo game and we we never get a result around my birthday so I, part of me sort of had a, a suspicion that that was going to be the outcome um, but yeah how about you I, I confess I didn't watch the Sassuolo game. I, I um, had a lucky knew, escape. Knew it was your birthday. <laughs> uh, no, I was at a work event for Sassuolo game, funnily enough, in Italy and, and following it on my phone and um, well, following the live result on my phone. And it was just like nil, 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 nil. Got to last five minutes. And I was, I was kind of waiting for like Linetti 87 to come up. But as it got later and later, I just thought, this is not going to finish nil, nil. It never does. And it's probably not going to finish one, nil. Uh, and then I can't believe it when we we'd lost 1-0 because I'm going into that game both we'd we'd played well in Milan against Inter in a very kind of typical Torino away performance under Juric against uh, one of the big sides and Sassuolo had a lot of play I mean they they were a bit decimated coming to Turin as well but I think I blame Simone Zaza for all of this because I think this is karma for those two those, those goals he scored um in the 3-2 win, which probably kept us up two seasons ago. Because last year, Sassuolo came, stunk the place out, got a very lucky um, late goal. And this year, I mean, I didn't see the match. And I know you said Torino were, barely deserves naught. But from what I saw and what I've read, it's not like Sassuolo pl- seemed to play particularly well. Um, and I think three, three points, all things considered, flatters them. And I just think Torino need to be a bit more a bit more mature in certain situations. You don't, you don't like, if it's not your day, um, you've got to know when to make sure you come home with at least a result because yeah, had we got a point there would at least would have kept us above Juve. Um, and we're going into, we'll talk a, a little bit more about this in a second, but we're running into a kind of set of fixtures that, that traditionally or Torino and the Juric don't get many points from. So, I think both games, as an argument to be made, you know, walk away, walk away with two points, and um, and we probably would have been reasonably happy. May have had some regrets, but uh, to get to get nothing from those two games is, for me, is desperately disappointing. And it also just really took the shine off um, beginning of the season, and it's left me a little bit demotivated and a bit a bit kind of flat because it looked like, you know, it looked like the season. We're a bit like a kind of bottle of sparkling water that's been left open for too long. It feels like all of, all of the fizz and momentum's gone out a little bit, and 
as I said at the beginning, I don't I don't fancy us to get a result really this weekend, which might lead to three defeats in a row. Um, but yeah, no, just just disappointed. I, mean, I don't know if we want to touch first on the a bit more on the inter game where there, there were a lot of positives. Yeah, I think I think the the worrying and disappointing thing in the inter game is that we had probably four relatively clear cut chances. I don't think you realistic to expect you to score every chance but of the four at least one or two should have been taken um i think the best of the lot was probably maybe vlasic's first opportunity or uh Snabry had a header redonic like even rodriguez almost scored a free kick which is not sure what's crazy it being rodriguez or torino and, and a free kick but there's definitely we definitely did enough to create and I felt that I did feel the long, the later the game got and Inzaghi was throwing on more attacking players that we were going to get a really clear chance on the counter-attack and then the last sort of 5-10 minutes we did sort of go into our shell a little bit um, and and I, I said this at the time and I just it what frustrates me is that there was a lot of criticism of Ilkan for the goal which understandably so, because I think he could have done better. He probably could have given um, Brozovic less of an opportunity to sort of get the finish away. But nobody seemed to, other than myself, seemed to be questioning why David Zima was in front of uh, our centre midfield player, um, sort of semi-ball watching as the cross comes in. And then that's the reason why he'll can, to credit to him, spots the run and, and goes with his man. Um, and then maybe just that lack of experience there. If, if Zima is in the correct position, Brozovic doesn't score. Like that, that is a fact because just I just think even the taller man puts Brozovic off from that situation. He might have even got a touch on the on the sort of on the cross that comes in. Um, I felt he got away quite lightly with that, and I think some of the sort of commentary was, "Oh, well, this is what you get when you play sort of eighteen-year-olds in Serie A," and. You don't think it didn't even come off the bench against Osvaldo, I don't think. So that's probably been a negative to his sort of spell at the club already, where maybe the coaching staff aren't going to trust him as much because, like, oh, well, did cost us against Inter, whereas I don't actually think it was his fault um, or has as much responsibility as uh, Seema does. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure it's the sort of game I think Ilkan would have probably been uh, more sensible to bring him on against Osvaldo, which was where he could have influenced the game further up the field rather than in a game where very likely you're going to have to track runners and play a more defensive discipline game. So um, but I've got a theory. I mean, uh, the, we've conceded a lot of late goals under Juric. Um, haven't, we haven't won many games or, or scored many late goals and not decisive goals under him anyway. So there's a question mark. I've always said... Uh, he, his tactics to approach games are almost always spot on, but I don't think the reading of the game is is ever particularly good. Maybe it's sometimes it's a lack of um, quality off the bench compared to maybe the players we start with. Can you, but, can you but, think but, of? Sorry to interrupt, Peter. Can I, you think of any game in which in the maybe last two years where we've we've scored a late winner? Other than, uh, funny enough, I think it was Azo against Osvaldo. I, I, I can't mean, think of any with Juric. No, not under Juric, and I think Juric has a tendency to piss about with the defence as well, and, and yeah. that I I do wonder if if that certainly has an impact because players aren't always sure who to pick up, and it's just those little percentages um, here and there late in games. Um, but I can't think of. I mean, I can think 
of some late goals where we've we've kind of um I was certainly Selene Tana at home last year where we scored a couple to make it from 2-0 to 4-0. Um the, there probably will be some examples, but I certainly can't remember a moment under Urich where we got a late winner or or even That's a dramatic it. late equaliser particularly. I think the there were the goals against Empoli last season where Bellotti scored the hat-trick, which were quite late, yeah. but they were almost comical situation because they were reduced to nine men and there were sort of two pretty dodgy penalties. It's no real, like, absolute last minute. So it's sort of like what, what Sassuolo obviously do to us in, in the following game where it's a, it's a nothing game and, and literally they take one chance and, and they steal the points and, and the euphoria, euphoria that comes with that and the confidence that builds... I can't really think of many examples in the Eurich at all. No, and I can think of countless examples where we've we've conceded late goals in them as well. So yeah, I think it's a question of mentality, a question of tactics, in-game tactics, pro- possibly a question of stamina. Um, but it's yeah, it's become. There was a I read a statistic about Eurich's record against the top six, um, and it's pretty abys- It's pretty abysmal in terms of points. Uh, I don't think there's been a single victory. But yet the performances are almost, apart from Roma at home last season, the performances are almost um, always good. In certain cases, in, you know, Inter at home last year was another one where we we played really well and conceded a stupid late goal. As uh, there's other occasions where we've been a bit bit timid in attack, and um, but but our kind of possession players as deserve something more. But yeah, it's it is it's more than a worrying trend, I'd say. Um, um, but the, yeah, the intergame. I think you mentioned that the chances there. I just thought none of them. If you look back at the highlights, it, I think the impression watching it was Torino were quite dominant in periods. Had some very good chances. I think you look back at the chances. I mean, Handanovic. I would expect him to save most yeah. of those. The, the, the Vlasic one, the first one, had a lot of power on it, and if he found a little bit more precision, um, he probably would have scored, but but the others were all decent saves. But had he not saved them, you you would have been talking about a goalkeeper. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there were any sort of absolute sitters where oh my god, I can't believe they've missed that. But just on the sort of sure weight of probability and the, the sort of having so many of those sort of half chances on another day, at least one of those goes in. Usually, you maybe get two of those in a game, and you'll score one of them. So, um, it it's not so much like it if it was. If it was Sanabria missing sort of open open nets from three yards out, I think it'd be more of a more of a worry. Really, it's not like they were, they the, ch- the chances were coming. They were difficult chances. Maybe they need to just try a little bit better in the final third to to create a good chance rather than sort of taking like half chances which aren't really there. I think Vlasic has has done that already in his career where he or his Torino career where he sort of created something out of nothing almost and and sort of got a goal from it. Um, I ask you a question on the sorry to but yeah, yeah, on no, the obviously Lazzaro had a goal disallowed against Sassuolo, which it took me a few replays to understand what had happened. It was quite early in the move, the offside against Vlasic, I think. But that goal came at the same time we scored against Lecce. And I just wonder, do you think if was the performance a bit like the Lecce one and had yeah. Torino got the goal then that we might be yeah, think, talking about a control performance and maybe maybe going on to win 2-0 or something like that. I think the way that Torino play, they sort of need an early goal um, and then on the counter-attack, they can really sort of take advantage of the space and opportunities, especially Sassuolo, who will come into the game with poor form. 
they were pretty happy just to sit back and play on the counter themselves. And I think Torino do their best. Um, their best performances, Torino's, have, have come when they've scored an early goal and, and then they're able to count on that. I think if the Lazaro goal had counted, I think, we, I think we'd have gone on to win the game quite comfortably. Um, maybe just need that little bit of confidence in scoring that goal, sort of, because because defensively, even if you look at the sort of last two games, we haven't really conceded many chances either. You would find like at one nil, you would imagine we would get more opportunities as, as Sassuolo pressed forward. So, I think that was a bit of a turning point. The the goal similar to the Lecce game came against. It wasn't even a run of play because Sassuolo didn't offer anything, um, whereas Lecce were sort of threatening a little bit more. Um, but I do feel if if that goal had counted, then I think the outcome would have been different and we'd gone into the international break with a little bit more optimism. Um, as we did, we went into the international break, I think seven games in. So the three wins have come against the three promoted teams. I'd say all three. There's certainly Monzo and Cremonese were well-deserved. Lecce was a little hard thought. Uh, the one draw against Lazio... Uh, was a pretty dreadful. I guess it was a, as bad as the Sassuolo game, really, but we we managed to get the point. And then the three defeats, Atalanta, as we discussed, a c- couple of errors either side of half time. Inter was a good performance. Sassuolo probably the worst performance of the season. So uh, three wins, three defeats, and a draw. Um, what would you say have been the positives from from what you've seen earlier? Early this season, I think it's easy to sort of write off the victories as saying, "Oh, well, they were against newly promoted sides," forgetting that last season we really struggled against newly promoted sides. So, I think if you actually look and sort of where we were in comparison to the same fixture last season, well, obviously we struggled against the three promoted sides, and then we also uh, were probably in a similar stage. I think we we drew against Sassuolo, we lost against Inter. I think we drew at home to Lazio, another late goal. So, so if you think of where we were compared to last season, the, the difference actually isn't isn't that bad. No, um, but just think the. I think we should we should definitely have three points more uh, in in the standings as it is. Um, I, I mean, I'd say, bearing in mind these first seven games, we've missed. I think we've missed Richie, which is a key player. But I mean. We really like to harp on about injuries because I think at any point in the season we'll be missing two or three players, and I think you've just got to, um, I think you've you just do. got to absorb that. But I think with Lukic not quite being at his best, we, that the loss, the loss of Richie was uh, quite important. And with Moranchuk, only played forty-five minutes, and in that forty-five minutes, scored one of our few goals this season. So, as obviously, um, it would be good to have him back. I mean, the other thing I'd say is I've. Heard a piece of very cliched commentary this weekend, but it went something like, you, you know, team is ultimately only as good as its forward players. And I just don't think Sanabria, uh, Sanabria especially in Pellegri, until until we get a striker who's um, who's going to be of a higher quality and more reliable, um, they were just not going to have the ability to to win certain games. Um, Sanabria, I'm at the point. I mean, we've got eight games before the World Cup, and then effectively a transfer window will reopen. Um, I'd say Sanabria's got eight games to, to wouldn't say save his Torino career, but convince people he can he he can be a centre forward uh, rather than just a, a link up player. Um, Pellegrini probably been a bit harsher on because I think this is a bit of a free hit season in that 
can he stay clear of injury? Can he make a positive impact in, in certain games? But I think he needs, yeah, maybe he certainly shouldn't be the striker we're relying on. Um, but I do think, yeah, I do think uh, that that is a position we, we want to reinforce. And I know it's not never been a massive concern seemingly of Juric, but um, I, I just think, I just think we need better quality at the top end. Yeah, just to touch on a couple of those points, I think with the, I think Lukic, the instance with the, the contract and going on strike, probably not the ideal start to the season, but I think, and he hasn't played very well either, but I do think having Richie back will help him. I think he probably trusts him a little bit more than he does sort of Lanetti or, or Ilkan. Um, he scored in the uh, international break for Serbia, so should come back with a little bit of confidence and, and he is starting for Serbia who are going to the World Cup. So, you so like is Vanya. Vanya started yeah, both so games. Vanya. Exactly. So I think they're going to have a bit of um, motivation, especially in these sort of like few games into the World Cup. They definitely don't want to do anything. I mean, firstly, probably negatively, they probably aren't going to want to get injured. So might not be any, any going near any 50-50s. But also they probably wanting to impress to make sure that they are sort of in the coach's mind for the for the first game. Um I I think there's definitely potential for Lukic to improve. I think we've really missed him, what he offered from last season, and, and Richie coming back into the into the side. I think he will hopefully be back from injury uh, now. These couple of weeks off, so fingers crossed. That's that's something to look forward to. Um, just think, just think of the striker we'll be able to get when we get 35 million for Vanya after the World Cup. Well, New, Newcastle. Yeah, well, after Nick Pope's mistake yesterday, that yeah. could be a possibility, but. Um, uh, just uh, regarding Sanabria, I seem to remember uh, a similar comment uh, against after the Genoa game regarding Juric, uh, and and then we were basically unbeaten for the rest of the season. So I do look forward to Sanabria's eight goals in eight games that you've uh, jinxed him towards now. So thanks for that, Peter. Happy jinx, hopefully. But yeah, um, yeah. Sorry, just to just to respond on uh, just one point. Um, I was going to say what Alessandro Bongiorno. Our our new captain, at least for for one game, didn't think he played very well at all, and I, I just worry a little bit that he gets. Um, it seems really harsh because we've we've spoken on this podcast how important it is to have local players and how important it is to have maybe a, a Torino core in the squad and around the squad who understand what the club mean, and I definitely think Bon Bonjourno gets that. He's a Torino fan. He posted something on Instagram. Uh, in the week, which I think even Lianco would have been proud of. Um, Two, but... you got your you got your Instagram mention, Andy Lianco mention. Just yeah, exactly. not said the not you not said the S word yet. Any of you playing bingo? Or the B word? Yeah, any of you playing? I think I did say Velotti earlier about against oh. it, about the Empoli one. Sorry. So yeah, anybody with those on your bingo card, you can tick those off now. Um, I just, I just think that. It, it probably was highlighted in the intergame where I thought Gigi played really well and it was Bongiorno was being talked about a lot as having a great game and future uh, Azuri call-up and, and things like that. And I just think people may be getting a little bit excited and then obviously gets the captaincy, makes a terrible mistake in the first half, which probably could have led to a penalty and then is ultimately at fault for the goal. And I don't want to sort of take anything away from him. I think he's got a good got good potential and he's hopefully going to be a captain for the club for 10, 15 years. But if I was to pick my first choice 11, he wouldn't be in my back three. And I think you've, 
ultimately just because he's a Torino fan and as much as it pains me to say because I, also, I would I would love for him to be uh, in that team on merit I think if you were picking um, a back three on, on their performances this season Bongiorno wouldn't wouldn't be there So you'd, you'd have Gigi I'd have Gigi uh, Schiers and Rodriguez yeah Yeah um, well, should we look at? So, there's, as I said, there's eight games plus there's a Coppa Italia match against Cittadella up to the World Cup. So, I'll just read them quickly. We've got, we've got Napoli away, Empoli at home, which I believe there's going to be a bumper crowd because you're going to be there. Yeah. Um, apologies in advance. It could be four defeats in a row. Juve at home, the moment where Juve's season turns around miraculously. Um, then we've got Udinese away, who have well, to this point of flying very high, that, that does not look like a very easy game. Milan at home. Uh, so that's a terrible run. And then gets a little easier on paper with a trip to Bologna, home to Thomas Rincon's Sampdoria, um, before we wrap up proceedings with 1-0 defeats at Roma before World Cup. So who do you reckon scores the Roma goal? Uh, Dybala. <laughs> Handball. Um but yeah, I don't, I mean, yeah, there's, there's no point having a kind of long-termist view, but that does look like a a kind of tough, tough, tough run of games. And I think we are going to have to start getting points um, in the matches, at which under Juric we've, we've, we've struggled to do so. Otherwise it's, um, yeah, otherwise it wouldn't say it's going to be a tough season, but it might be a, might be a, another season kind of languishing um, lower mid table. Um so yeah, what are your what are your hopes and aspirations for between now and Chris between now and Qatar? Well, I think if so, I think if we can get ten points from those eight games, we'll have done very well. So if you're looking at where we could look at maximum points, and obviously ignoring my attendance, the Empoli home game you would like to think would be uh, three points. I think that will be really important, actually, because if we go into the... Napoli is going to be very difficult on Saturday. Um, they will have sort of Champions League to look forward to in the midweek, but as we know, that, that never seems to benefit Torino. Um, the international, being sandwiched between the international games and also being on Saturday, probably not ideal for that for Napoli either um, in terms of getting players back. So, And they, they did draw 1-1 against Lecce, so I'm not totally writing that game off. Um, didn't they? They only beat Spezia at home with a very late goal as well. Yeah, they? they've struggled um, against teams who've who've obviously come and 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 made it hard, which Torino will. So, um, and and if we get opportunities on the counter attack, then you would fancy. Well, I would say say that, but I had I have watched the Inter game, so maybe not. But but if we can get a chance, then or a couple of chances, then maybe we we'll, we might take one set pieces. We we were so good at last season, hasn't really. Um, boring fruit this boring fruit this season, um, but yeah, I think if it's very important, especially if we lose at Napoli, we sort of got to get a victory against Empoli going into the derby. We're probably not going to have a better chance to beat Juventus. You'd, oh, you would no, like to think if I, if I jinxed it. <laughs> you're, um, you're absolutely jinxed. Um, it. It, that is that is a good opportunity. If you looked at that Juventus squad and called them anything else, if you called them sort of that team and you. You said okay, that's Sampdoria, then and their form and, and their performances that have been so far this season. Bear in mind that the, it will be a full stadium, the crowd will be up, the players will be up. There's a chance I might miss the game as well. So we obviously know that means that's three points. Um, I just I just find with a derby though that 
it is harder for Torino because it's a game that Juve especially don't want to lose and don't let they won't let their guard you know effectively Torino are a mid-table side over the last five or six years and Juve do drop points have lots of matches against those teams but it's tended to be when maybe when their guard's been down and their guard isn't down against Torino because it's a derby and it's off the derbies never played at kind of the ends of the season as well where you know maybe certain things are decided and there's less importance on the game the derby on paper is what it's one of the easier looking of those fixtures but I just yeah I just can't I mean recent history just tells us it's if say we pick up say we pick up a point against Napoli and we beat Empoli then I think the the mood surrounding that game changes and I'm not sure what Juventus's fixtures are like but there will be a lot of pressure for them like they will know that losing that game depending on what happens in in, in the preceding games could ultimately what cost Allegri his job I think the worst thing for Torino would be that Allegri gets sacked before then and, and they get sort of competent manager um in before before they play us because I think even going losing at Monza I mean Amanda Rizzo only needed to leave Torino to get a victory against Juve yeah but you're almost worried that Monza is their kind of is their kind of defeat for uh, yeah I'm not even sure that was the best thing to happen them losing to Monza um but yeah, it's you're saying ten points, so yeah, that'll take that'll so take yes. us to twenty twenty points going into the halfway um, stage. I mean, that's sort of survival type of. Well, we'd uh, still have fifteen games, wouldn't it? So yeah, we'd still have what four games to. Yeah, I mean, ideally, we want to be getting to the halfway stage of season. Yeah, if you right. if you said out of those games, which ones will Torino win? I would go for Empoli, Sampdoria, and then Bologna. Um. And then you would like to think we'll pick up a point on the way. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to think we get more than 10 points, but it that is hard to, it's hard to justify sitting here right now. But um, what's your, I guess, what's your prediction for this weekend? We haven't done a, we'll do a, I mean, I've already, I've already called out a 1-0 defeat with probably a late-ish goal. Well, I mean, after, after the Sassarola game, my optimism was pretty low down. Um, uh, but I think I might have just talked myself into thinking that we can get a result. So um, I'll go, I'll go one-one, and I'll sort of maybe we'll get a late goal for a change. Maybe Napoli will score, and then we'll get the the late equaliser. All right. And who do you kind of which players are you looking at for the the next eight games to kind of improve and kick on? Where do you see? I mean, people like Singo and and, and Lazzaro haven't particularly had a great start to the season? Uh, I think Singo's possibly a little bit harsh because he struggled with injuries and hasn't really had a great run into the team. I'd like to see my Dutch mate, Piers Years, uh, get a bit of a run into the side. And, because when he when he's played, he's looked good. I'd like to think maybe um, having that time on the training ground in the, in the last two weeks has maybe been able to get to grips with, with Juric's system a little bit more and we'll see him as a starter. Um, like we said, I think Lukic needs to improve. Um, if Richie's fitness is back, then that's going to be really important just for that balance of that side. Um, I think going forward, I think we just look a bit. We do look a better side when Salabria plays, even though his goal record isn't isn't great. He did. I mean, when he first when he first joined, he was quite a prolific goal scorer, and I think. 
he is one of those players who needs that little bit of confidence. And if he if he scores one and one, two, three, I would expect him to go on a, li- a little bit of a run. So, um, I, I I wouldn't write him off just yet. I mean, Belegri came on against Osuelo and and it was like watching Semenya's Azar of old. So, um. And then yeah. he got injured. He got injured. You'll be sure got injured. But um, yeah, mm. and I don't think the Dembasek is a false nine experiment worked particularly well. Um, as again, I think the commentator said, if um, or maybe it was somebody on Twitter that if football didn't involve um, passing, yeah, passing. I think we mentioned yeah. it on the last. Yeah, part, Dembasek yeah. would be the best player in the world. But you, you can see aspects of it, and I do think he he he's got a role to play in the squad. But I don't think I think that role to play is in sort of when we're ahead in a game to throw him on to to be that option on the counter-attack because of his direct running and he can sort of get get in behind defences which which maybe Sanabria and Pelegri can't. Um but yeah, I'll go I'll go for for the one one and and I hope that maybe show a little bit of optimism uh, before my trip to Turin otherwise I, I might have to uh it might be beneficial that I, I cancel my trip and we we get a victory rather than we to we attend and uh, the the poor streak goes on. Well, should we um should we wrap up part one there and, and uh, got something a little bit different for part two, haven't we this week? Yeah, so uh, we have got a special guest. Um, we'll uh, leave you leave you hanging to see if you can guess who it was. Um, if you, if you had a dream, Torino, not to disappoint you, but if we had a dream, Torino guest, who was your dream, Peter? Dembasek. <laughs> a dream Torino guest. I'll have to think about that one. Caught, um, caught, caught me off guard. Apologies, but yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll. we'll um, Is it time we'll to let Lianco in? <laughs> we'll see you in part two. It's Pompey, who have been shot by the Italian side. Hello, and welcome to part two of the Talking Toro podcast. As promised, we have a special guest. Unfortunately, it's not Lianco, uh, as Peter <laughs> had promised. It's it's actually Torino uh, super fan, uh, Mesa Corcoran, uh, who has uh, joined us. Um, not put, not to in, putting too much pressure on you there, Mesa, but over the last couple of years, how many how many Toro games would you would you say that you've attended? Uh, firstly, thanks for inviting me on. Anyway, is it is actually an enjoyable listen? Normally, uh, when you don't mention them down the road, or the uh, ex Toro player there as well. But um, thank you very much. Um, poor crikey, um, I average about seventeen games a season. Um, my best is twenty-one, but that was because we was in the we had the qualifiers for the Europa League. So um, I made a special effort of going to them. Funny enough, I missed the Wolverhampton game in Turin, but um, that's because the flights went up because all the Wolverhampton fans <laughs> bought all the uh, all the plane tickets to Turin. Um, but yeah, about seventeen. Um, I bought a season ticket this year as well because. I think last year, my friend said I spent 260 quid on 10 home games when a season ticket's 200 euros. So it's a no-brainer, isn't it, really? So, but um, I'm not a super fan. I'm just a fan. You know, we're all... You are the super fan, mate. No, you are the, you no, are the go-to. You go, you're the go-to English guy. I, I was once the go-to English guy. Then was Rob was, but... We all, we all have like a little time. We have a little spell. It's like uh, it's like Game of Thrones. We get like a little, a little, a little time in the hot seat, and then it passes on. Um, um, I just think um, 
the last six or seven years I've been going regular, um, it's more because you become disillusioned. There's more, there's more, like I say, I've always loved Italian football. Um, I've always loved it. Um, ever since we sold, Pompey sold Mark Haley to AC Milan in 1984, that um, you relied on little snippets in match or shoot to see if it scored the week before or, you know. But um, so as soon as Channel 4 come on in 92, um, I think, to be fair, most people... Most people who have any idea of Italian football is from Channel 4 days, you know. Um, Three million people, apparently, want it on average, would watch the Sunday game before Sky went in overdrive with the Premier League. But the, And uh, Italian football's got a lot... The players ain't as good, Some, you know, because they were superstars then, weren't they? The Serie A was probably the best league in the world. But... Um, now, I just think so many more English people go. We're not one-offs. There are many people who follow Italian teams because of Channel 4. So, um, was there, was there a reason, a good thing. Was there a reason you picked um, Torino? Um, was, there, was, it, was it when you I were remember, watching the Channel 4, was it, was it a Torino game you watched first? Yeah, I watched... Um, I wish it could... Be, I wish BT done it the same as how... It was originally, you know, um, with James Richardson out there on the Saturday Gazette, and um, I they done an, they done a interview with Pasquale Bruno in Philadelphia, and that is when I first saw Philadelphia, and I thought, what the hell? How, that is amazing. That looks I like old stadiums, um, and. That got me intrigued into Torino, and it's difficult to find things back in the nineties, you know. Um, but I read a story. I read. I found the story about the Superga crash and Stadio Philadelphia, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I thought, that's it. I've got to get out there. So I went in nineteen ninety four, Torino Bari at the Deli Alpi. Um, was that two? Was that a two nil win? Is that two nil? And yeah. that was the season Torino sold everyone in the summer bar Salenzi. Yeah. And um, I think Pele scored the first goal and Salenzi did actually score the second one. Okay. I was on the, I sat in the tribuna on the side, didn't speak to anybody. Um, yeah. And I just, and that then as well, the Maratona, that was fantastic. There were so many different groups, you know. You had your ultras, Granada, uh, Fidelissimi, Lion, Viking, um, Corpse, yeah, Ragazzi, yeah. Corpse. Oh, it's fantastic. It was what I'd always thought Italian football was about, to be fair. Um, what, in terms of the Maratona, did you prefer it at the Deli Alpi or, or, or now? Um, well, the, the thing with the Delhi Alpi is if there was a big game, let's be honest, I think the two biggest attendances at the stadium are Torino matches, Real Madrid and um, Mantova in the playoff, surely. Yeah, I think, I Real, think, I think Real Madrid, Ajax. Uh, yeah, and the play- sorry, and Ajax, yeah, of course. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, but but the, Mant- the, Man- the Mantova game was crazy. It was, it was absolutely crazy. Yeah, false. I watched that. I, I wasn't there, um, but I watched that round an Italian guy's house in uh, Emsworth 
Um, because he had the you know the Italian, he could get the Italian channels on it on his satellite dish kind of thing. Um, oh my god, it looks absolute. Was you in the ground that night? I was as when I was living there. Uh, well, yeah, I was still kind of living there at the time. So I did the because we had the Perugia playoff final the year before, yeah, which was also full or maybe not quite as full as Mantova. Um, and then yeah, so to kind of re to get promoted once in the playoffs, then get demoted, and then yeah, do it again. But that that yeah. was kind of one of the top nights because also we came back from four two down from the first yeah, leg. Yeah, ridiculous and, first leg. Uh, Won it really? The first how, how we lost four two, but to win three one it was won it the final score in the second leg. Didn't they yeah. score a penalty right at the end? They, yeah, they scored a penalty and then they had one. They came very close to, yeah, well, yeah, they, to they, kind of nicking it. Yeah, that's what, right. what, this daisy cutter across. Oh, you've never seen so many people hold their breath at the same time. Um, I must say the atmosphere that night did look fantastic. That was special. Fair. I mean, that's one of the things I would say. <laughs> one of the questions I was going to ask you is, you know, the Torino, Torino in this kind of strange situation where partly I think in the, in the new stadium that, the lack of the, the marathon is not very big. No, so it's not, it, and it doesn't encourage. I think whereas in the Deli Alpi, you had you had the three tiers of it as well. Yeah, and I think for certain people, they always knew they could they could get in, they could get in the curve, and they could be part of an atmosphere. And I yeah. think I just don't think that the shape of the stadium or the size of the stadium particularly helps. But I was going to ask you, how do you find the atmosphere compares like to, now to home matches to away matches? Because for me, on the outside, if I watch Torino play away, there's usually a decent following and it looks like there's always a really good atmosphere. Whereas the home matches, yeah, I don't think it is what it used to be at the moment. I, I think, um, I mean, la- last season, coming out of COVID, obviously the uh, the Maratona was half empty because I think the Ultras uh, drew, said uh, until the green pass is lifted, they stay. I mean, a lot of ultras done that around the country. I believe, you know, they stayed outside the stadium. So last year was quite poor at home, and even worse away because they wouldn't travel because of the green pass situation. But when they come back towards the end of last season, I still think the Maratona, when it gets going, I still think it's a bloody a really good atmosphere. No, I don't think nothing can compare to the Delhi Alpi because I think football's changed so much, Peter. You know, um, there's a different type of football fan now, wherever you go, you know. Um, but the away matches, what I found fascinating with, I don't know if it's all Italian teams, but in Torino, when you go in the away sector, um, they hate it. They have to gather. They push you all together. They yeah. don't. They don't like it if you're. Um, you want to go and sit on twelve seats on your own because you want to watch a game. They're like, no, you got to come here. Come, 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 come together. You know, um, which I find really, you know, that's strange. That's. I mean, I'm used to English games, you know. So. Uh, I, can, I, I can. Think... Sorry to interrupt, mate. I can remember going to a uh, pre-season friendly, uh, Torino Fulham. Must have only been about 17, 18. Yeah. Uh, it would have been my first sort of Torino away game. And um, you got the ultra at the front. And obviously they were singing the songs in Italian. I had no idea what they were saying or anything. <laughs> I genuinely, like, I think at some stage I just started like miming what they were singing because I was getting such a dirty look for like yeah. being there and not singing. And that's, in, in a way, it's, it, 
for when I was there, it was almost intimidating. But it's they're not doing it for a negative reason. They're wanting to build that atmosphere. Was it like it was yeah. Craven Cottage, um, like a big London game? Torino didn't really travel uh, much back in those days. There were no European games for a long time, so yeah, they, it was a big deal for them. And the, the stadium was half empty. I think they just really wanted to build a really good atmosphere. So they were just they were just trying to get anybody there to sort of sing and build that atmosphere. Yeah, I, I do believe the Torino. Uh... The, they do try when the ultras get together at away matches. They do try to get it going, and sometimes, I mean, uh, last season when I went to Salernitana, the thunderstorm and the house storm <laughs> during the game. The poor, I mean, we're all running for cover, and the ultras, you know, fair play to them, they're still out, and it was bucketing down, and he was still trying to get everyone going. You know, I mean, I've got videos of it, and they are absolutely saturated. And you think, I'm all right. I've got a hotel two miles away. They've got a 10-hour drive home, you know. Um, So I'll give give them a lot of credit, you know. Um, I wish sometimes Torino would follow in more numbers, but I've noticed, like most teams, and I believe this, if Torino do well, they will fill the plate, they will fill the sectors, you know? Um, because what was the first game? All right, I know Monza and Cremonese are like kind of many people haven't been to them before, you know. Um, but both of them, nearly 2,000 on both occasions, which is that's pretty good for Torino at the minute, considering that what the last four or five seasons, you know, three or four seasons have been. I think, I, I don't think, that's, think that's a bad I think a that's, bad a good, that's, that's a good point that you make there because uh, there are so many differences between Italian and English football, but I think for the, yeah, especially for the match going fans, but that yeah. appeal of going to a ground that you've not been to before is something that obviously still seems to resonate yeah, between I mean, English fans. Like that's the same, that's the same thing for UI, Peter or whatever. If, when we're going to, away games for our English clubs, the first yeah. games we're looking for is probably going to be stadiums that we've not been to. Because I can, I can t- you know, I can tell you now, you know, the first game every Pompey fan wanted this season was Forest Green yeah. because we've never played them. That's yeah. the hottest ticket in town this season. I know it sounds daft, but it, and that is why I made, I've been to Monza before, not with Torino, but I went on a free day when I think I was in the third division when I went. Um, but I'd never been to Cremonese, so I was I made it abundantly clear that's my game I have to be at. And I was I even told my girlfriend when the fixtures were coming out, I went, Don't book nothing until then fixtures. I said, because I need to know when Cremonese is. <laughs> I think that was that was a game that when the when the fixtures came out, me and Peter had earmarked a couple of oh, it would be good to go to an away game. And Cremonese was one Peter really wanted to go to. And then it, but it's it, just, it, yeah, it was too early in the yeah, yeah, it was too, too early in the season it, for me. It, but it was both it was one one game which both of us couldn't make. So it's just, it's, it was it was a good day out and it's boiling hot as well and a good and it always listen it always helps when they win doesn't it do you know what I mean um, even though and that, that's another performance they played really well and they they've got this tendency Torino to almost hang themselves didn't they then, you know criminal I mean they scored a goal out of nowhere didn't they it was a good finish the criminalizing and then all of a sudden Torino are, are hanging on for dear life again and you think. You've been in control for eighty minutes, seventy-five minutes. I don't think we, I don't think we created the phrase "typical Toro" on this pod, but <laughs> I, I think, I think everybody else, like the the thing is, and this is probably again something which, I, like speaking to other fans of other clubs, maybe not even Italian ones, but everybody thinks that their club is like 
the best example of being able to throw away games. So even like English, whether you support sort of Forest Green or Gillingham yes. or whatever, like everybody yeah. thinks, oh, like, and I think that's just your experience as a fan. And I, I'm sure Fiorentina fans, I'm sure Genoa, Genoa fans, I'm sure Sampdoria yeah. fans, they probably think the same way about their club as we do again. Other than, if you don't support one of the sort of top four, top six teams in sort of England or Italy or, or wherever, yeah. wherever you support a football team, like the the experience you get of a sort of mid-level or, or lower level team is incomparable really because you have those highs yeah. and ups and downs and that's what makes the winning the, the game so good because oh, that, you, you've had the, totally you've had the lower lowest of the lows this is um this is what makes it this is what makes torino so special because of the history they've got um you know undeniably they if the european cup had started in 1946 there's a high, a very high chance Torino would have been European champions. I, I know we can't guarantee that, but they'd have had a really good shout of winning it, you know. But what I mean is now you can see that the fan craves just a conference league. That's all. That, you know, do you know what I mean? Just a conference league is is what we want. We don't think, ask much. I think everyone, I think we'd get quite good numbers for an away trip in Albania. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, just one point um, that touch on something you mentioned about uh, when you first became a Torino fan. As and I'm not sure if I've mentioned this with you as well, Peter. Like, I find it strange that given something so similar happened with Manchester United, that the the Superga and Grande Torino thing isn't something which is more known about in English football. Whereas, like, I. I didn't know about it until I was sort of 15 and I had to read about it. It wasn't something that was mentioned. It, it's, yeah. it's not some, but whereas it, with Manchester United, it was something that was synonymous with the club, which is obviously, it's understandable being in England, yeah. it would be something which we mentioned, even if you weren't paying, in, you, did, you didn't have to read the history of Manchester United to, to read about Munich. No. Um, and it was just, was that the same thing for you where you actually sort of had to find out about the story rather well, than say, sort of it, it came to, go... to you? I had to go hunting round after I saw it on Channel 4. It was kind of like, what is this? Who is this Il Grande Torino? You know, what James Richardson mentioned, you know. Um, in fact, he mentioned it last season on BT Sport when he mentioned about visiting Philadelphia. And he said when they used to have, they used to have the propeller inside yeah. one of the like walkway, you know, uh, hallways in there. It is... Um, I just think it's an incredible story of how, because they weren't just Torino, they was Italy, really, Grande Torino. Let, let's be fair, you know, the whole country, uh, if you look through the attendances, someone gave me a T-shirt from Lucchese and the picture on there is Lucchese 1, uh, Torino 1. I think it's about three weeks before the Superga disaster, you know, and it's one of their one of their claims to fame is that they didn't get beat by them, you know? <laughs> and um, I think that's what makes it extra special is that they are um, held in seriously high regard in Italy. Okay. Um, it's just a shame that Torino can't reach them heights again. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think, <laughs> I think this might be something that I think we might mention, Peter, that I think a lot of people in Italy, you do get, you get to Torino fans from all, areas yeah also I, I don't I've never really felt even just on Twitter or being around even wearing sort of a Torino shirt outside of Turin I've never felt any like 
animosity or anything. Like a lot of teams sort of have a little bit of respect for, for Torino, probably based on yeah, on Grande Torino. Yeah, I'd agree with that. There's some places where it's been a bit. Because um, what I find fascinating is it's like Italy now is like the English game in the 80s with the away fan where they you, you get locked in for an hour. 45 minutes to an hour after a game. So, of course, you come out and you're almost a sitting duck. You know what I mean? Um, there's been a couple of occasions where I'm walking down a road, but I think what throws them is that I speak English and they think, well, he can't have just been to watch Torino. <laughs> you know what? So... I've, I've had a, uh, I've had a, I've, I remember a, um, Sampdoria away game once and it was oh well they're not going to like you anyway no, no, I, don't it, think, I don't think it's very popular in general in general anymore <laughs> no we, but I think the problem was because at that time Torino and Genoa were twins and we were singing Genoa songs uh, I, mean, I say yeah. we like I, I was then, there in the stadium we, we got a late equaliser uh, I think it was. I think it was Bellotti. I think it was when Immobile had come oh, back. Fu- and... Funnily enough, there is yeah, Bellotti bingo. There <laughs> Take that one off. Um, and if you've ever, if uh, well, Mason might know this. I'm not sure if you've been to um, the stadium in uh, Sampdoria, but the um, so when, they left us. They left us out of the sort of kept us in the stadium for yeah. um, ten minutes, and then there were still people waiting. And I sort of had to make a little dash back to my hotel, and which which did require sort of like a a Rocky Balboa-esque run up the stairs, which yeah. is probably my claim to fame, that I might have run up oh, the you stairs didn't go up pretty them, quickly. You didn't go up them 275 that was, steps, that was the quickest. That was the quickest way <laughs> to my safety. It was, it was either that or not making my flight. <laughs> yeah, I think I lost, I think I lost about six pound. Them steps are a killer. <laughs> yeah, much easier um, to go down them. Mate, yeah, so just, I, was, I was going to ask you, like for our hundreds of thousands of, of English Toro fans who listen to this, um, Give us, give us a few kind of tips for uh, if, if people wanting to go and see a game in Italy, um, whether it be a ho- maybe maybe starting with a home game. What what advice would you give them to to for kind of how to organise it and also kind of what, well, to, do, I mean, what to do when what they're helps, there? In, in my opinion, now what helps is you've got so many of these Wizz Airs, EasyJet, Ryanair. People think it's expensive. Um, it can be. I mean, I'm fortunate now I stay with a friend when I'm in Turin. So I am hotel free kind of thing. But with um, regards to flights, I mean, after August, I will admit my Monza and Cremonese flights were quite expensive, but it's the middle of August. So I'm expecting that. Um, my flight this weekend to Naples is £120 return. That might sound expensive. I've got a hotel right next to the airport, 50 euros. Um, my ticket, mind you, was 35 euros. That is quite expensive for an away fan. But um, but I, for me, I just think the biggest thing they forget, English people, is you have to bring ID. You, that name, the, the touts don't exist no more because, well, certainly not in Turin. I don't see any. Um, but that ticket must match the name on your passport or driving license or Tessera. Um, but in general, apart from, I would say, AC Milan into Milan, you pretty much get a ticket at any football match in Italy quite easily, I, I believe. And they're re- and you can't really moan at the prices. I mean, all right, I've just moaned because I'm a way fan this weekend, but I would imagine it's only about 20 euros for Napoli, you know? What? So it's well worth... 
um, going to an Italian, I mean, the most common one, everyone wants to go to the San Siro, don't they? And at the minute, now they've announced it will get knocked down in 2055, uh, 2030. It's Italy, isn't it? It'll take 20 years for it to be <coughs> demolished. So, um, so people are, I, I always get asked, people are always messaging me on Facebook and Messenger. Oh, I'm in Milan. Can you get me a towel? Do I get this? How do I do that? I sorted a few out for the Champions League game against Bayern Munich the other day. And I thought, I, I don't know who they played into one. It played Bayern. Yeah. But um, they got tickets really easy. I was really shocked at that. I thought it would have been sold out. But um, and, I, and- I, I think it's quite easy, to be fair. And it, and it is an enjoyable experience because it and- is different. Do you have a little routine when you go to the, the home matches, like where you go drinking? Um, or where you? Yeah, I tend to, um, depending if I get there on the day, except, you know, but normally I will, there's not many three o'clock kickoffs no more, is there? Um, but normally I, I'd go to a bar near the Maratona, there's a little bar, I meet some friends there. To be fair, I've got, I will say, I've got a lot of friends over there now. It, it is fantastic. Um few more beers in that I think that's what's good is in the Maratona you don't see stewards do you they're on the outside you know they're not in unless it's no I didn't see in this season either already um it's a bit of a free reign in there so like I say after the game there's that pizzeria across the road I'll have a pizza talk about it it's totally different than English isn't it an English fan will just stay in the pub till closing time get obliterated and wander home with a Chinese or a kebab where in Italy, you've got to eat a pizza, farinata, talk about the game, everything that possibly could go wrong has gone wrong. So, um, if the result is bad though, it's a much better way to end your day or end your experience, especially if it's just a fine visit for one game where you, you get yeah. that little bit of Italian culture where, like you say, in England, you, you don't. You don't really have that. Even even that debrief about the game way, in the in the same sort of way. Where especially if the result's gone against your side, you probably, probably don't don't want to talk about it. You just want to sort of either go home yeah, or, or have, a, have a drink yeah. afterwards and sort of drown your sorrows a little bit. It, it, I do find it uh, when I first started going, like regular and getting to, getting used to it. It is funny though that if there is a three o'clock game, it's funny how. All the restaurants are full. They're having lunch before they walk to the game. You know, it's in England. It's I don't know. You meet at the pub at twelve and you leave the pub at ten to three. You know, yeah. it's uh, it, it, it is bizarre, but it is a it's an experience well worth doing for any English fan out there listening. You know, um, I, I I think Torino's pretty friendly as well. You know, um, there are there be places in Italy where they might not maybe be so friendly. I don't know. But, I mean, I know Bergamo are very much territorial. Atalanta, I don't think they're um, too keen on, shall we say, outsiders. But um, they didn't take a shine to me one game anyway. When I, uh, but hey-ho. <laughs> um, so, yeah, in general, I, I think um, it's so cheap. You know, the, 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 my, I've got a flight after the Empoli game next on the 8th. Because there's floats again now. The good thing with Turin, because it's the Alps, in the winter, the you get more season, floats, yeah. You know? So a, there's a Sunday night one at half past nine home to Gatwick, which, for me, I can be home by midnight, you know? So 
that's not too bad. I'll arrive on the Saturday and go home after the game. Um, 33 euros that return flight. Mason, so we're going to, um, we're running out of time a little bit, mate, but just to get to know you a little bit more, we've got a few quick fire questions. Yeah. So, favourite Torino player? Oh, 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 or Emiliano Moretti. It's one of them. Ferrante, come on. He's a great goal scorer, wasn't he? Yeah, he worked, we've uh, we've talked a little bit about him before, haven't we? He, he was, he was Ferrante and, Mar- and Moretti, both their uh, past Toro heroes. Exactly. Um, and then uh, favorite favorite match you've been to? Oh, favorite match. Well, I, 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 one thing I will say: um, last season's derby when Belotti scored at the Allianz, whatever it's called now. Um, I really enjoyed that game simply because, one, we played really well again. But, two, I took my son, Marco, he's 22, but he, for the first time, understood the Torino-Juve rival. Do you understand what I mean? He, yeah. Um, he, he, he come out probably disliking Juve even more. <laughs> is, your, is, your, is your son named after Marco Ferrante? Uh, no, he's not, actually. He's just It was just a Marco because of... Uh, I wanted it to be Zico, but the missus at the time wanted want to impress with Zico. Um, but he he under he come out and he said, "I can see why you get so wound up <laughs> with Juve." But um, I don't know my favourite game. Oh God! I tell you, one was a good one recently. I'll go recent times. A three-one win away at Lazio when yeah. Edward scored his first goal. Rincon scored. Rincon scored. Yeah, Rincon and uh, Bellingham won it. I think scored. Yeah, and, I think uh, Rincon tried to tackle and uh, ball rebounded off him. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think didn't think he get sent off that day. Immobile got sent off that day. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, for diving. Yeah, I, I think, think he yeah. had butted Badizo. Oh, was that was it for for headbutt? I can't remember if it was headbutting or diving, but yeah. we may just have yeah. time for we may have time for one last quick fire cra- cool. question, Mesa. The the Anglo Italian Cup comes back next season. Yeah. Pompey draw Torino. <gasps> who do you want to win? That could be my worst nightmare, Rob. Um, who would I well, want that to means win? Pom- that means Pompey go up and Torino go down. It's just the, the top. It's a, random, I'll, I'll, it's a free I'll, draw, is it? It's a free draw. Top two, divi- <laughs> top two divisions. I'll, I'll, let um, go, I'll let Pompey go up. Uh, well, can, can I... Is it? Oh, oh, can it be two legs? <laughs> that's, that's always oh. what I, I always used to say. If it was a t- if it was a European game, two legged game, I'd support Torino in the in the Southampton away leg, and then Southampton in the, in the Torino away yeah. leg. Um, but, there he is. He's mentioned Southampton. But yeah, I do like I it, think... if you if you ask me the question, I would say Torino. It, I'm, I'm too disillusioned with English football. To be honest football. with you, Rob, I might, if there's any Pompey fans listening, I expect there's thousands, <laughs> but. Um, I'm gonna say Torino. Yeah, I believe. I really believe now that um, I know you shouldn't. uh, I'm not on Pompey forever. You know, it's where I was born and I'm from. Um, But I don't know. There's this connection with Torino that um, yeah, it's bizarre. Really, Um, I just want them to win something. Is that possible? <laughs> Did you were you a fan, Mesa? Were you a fan in 
well, 93 when we won the Coppa Italia, or was that like kind of a little I bit I was early? watching, I was watching, and because obviously my first match was 94, I, you can't really call myself a fan of Torino's if you haven't seen them. In my, in, that's only me, do you know what I mean? But um, again, in that time, it was difficult, it was hard to, it's, it's so easy now to book a flight. You know, years ago, you had to go to a holiday shop just to book a flight, you know, um, or go on CFAX. And I don't think they had flights to Turin in, on CFAX. So um, it was a bit difficult. But, um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I must admit, I am a, yeah, I'm a Torino supporter. Don't get me wrong. If if Pompey get to Wembley, I'll probably jump on the bandwagon. And I'll still go to the home games when I'm not in Turin, obviously. But, but look- uh, the old Southampton fan's gonna he's gonna mess you over here, but he's got, he's gonna at and hashtag every oh, yeah. po- every pompy thing he can. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a plane and just um, just like do a do one of those banners across Fratton Park. No, you're gonna but I I understand it. I think I think with, it, it's totally different, and we've all got English clubs, and um, you, you always have an affinity to that club. But Torino, they just do something to you. My my weekend isn't really ruined if if Southampton lose because I'm used to it really, but also being well, in the being I'll... in the Premier League as well, you're just very disillusioned. Where I could, we can spend two hundred million pounds to finish eleventh, like yeah, it, it, at least in Italy, you wouldn't. Not that you'd really want Torino to have a massive takeover and have two hundred million pounds like put into the squad, but if they did do that, they would get in the Champions League. So yeah, there is that sort of. Football is oh, still a little bit like Italian football is maybe less sort of money oriented uh, as the Premier League is now. Yeah, I agree with. It. Oh, listen, the Premier League's a juggernaut, isn't it? Let's be honest. I mean, you know, uh, a, a mediocre player probably earns three million pound a year in wages. You yeah. know, where in Italy a top player is on three. You know, we offered Bellotti three million apparently. I mean, if you look at look at Notts Forest as a, as an example. They, they signed, players. yeah, and they, they signed Remo Freuler from Atalanta, who's had sort of two, three seasons playing in the Champions League, and he feels going to Notts Forest for, although they have invested, will be a relegation scrap. Financially, he's better than be, being sort of club really, captain. Exactly that, 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 and that just sort of takes the takes a little bit of the love of football away from me. That I just there, think that's there part, is that money. Listen, at the end of the day, you go footballers. The, the loyalty is few and far between, aren't they? You know, they're all in it for money at the end of the day. Um, I suppose if someone rung me tomorrow and said, do you want a job, double the money? We'd prob- no, but we probably would all go, wouldn't would we? You, would you, take that, would you take that job if it was at Southampton, Mesa? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> that is a definite. I don't even go shopping there. <laughs> um, just to just to finish up, uh, you're heading over to um, to Napoli for the game on Saturday. Yeah. Um, yeah. And me and Peter have given our our predictions. What what are you going for? Well, uh, again, um, I'm a believer of it's pointless going if you think they're going to get beat. You've got to go with some optimism. So I'm going to say a nil-nil, one-one draw. We're not going to. Our biggest problem is how are we going to score two or three? And you know, on a regular basis, you know, we're. I think we. You know, we're crying out for a striker. Um, but yeah, I think. I mean, Napoli are on a good run and they do look a good team this season, but. Torino, if he sets them up right, 
we could frustrate them. The Napoli as soon get on the backs of their you know their players. They're they're pretty good at that if things don't go well early on. Um, so I'm going to be optimistic and say um, a score draw, one off. I mean, soon, sooner or later, one of his games against the top six has got to turn in our favour. I'm, well, not, I'm not sure it'd be thing. Saturday, I but mean, you, you watch the Inter Milan game. We should have been at, We should have been three 0 up before they before they even scored. You know, but this last minute thing is getting a bit bugging, isn't it? It isn't. No, when we were saying in, in kind of part one of this pod, like we can't remember under Juric us winning a game late on or even even getting a late equaliser if we've no, lost I'm, we've lost so I'm many points I think um yeah us score late it done happen um no. probably the latest goal we've scored from being 1-0 down was at Juve last season and that was on about 65 minutes I think but um yeah, Rob, yeah Rob, Rob mentioned the Empoli away game last year where we they were down to nine men and we. Oh yeah, we went, but, yeah but that would, that's yeah. It doesn't really, doesn't really, especially if it, if if the late winner or whatever you, the late winner being a penalty sort of takes a little bit of emotion out of it because obviously you expected to was score. That, Rob, you're you're good on these stats. That's Belotti's last ever goal, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was his, yeah, his hat trick. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was his last goal. Yeah, I've managed, managed to complete everything on the uh, on the bingo card here today. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, you've not meant you've not mentioned the uh, certain Moroccan playmaker yet. But there's still time. But... Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Omar Akadori is is the guest on next week's episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mesa, um, just 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 to close for me, what are your what are your kind of what are your what are your hopes for this season, and what do you think realistically will right. happen this season? Realistically, after last season, because um, let's be honest, I thought we were a really good side last year. Um, again, late goals cost us. I, I, I'm pretty confident we would have finished fifth or sixth with a bit, you know, with some some more of them points. But the transfer window was disappointing. It got better near the end. Um, I'm not quite sure of Vanietti's strategies, to be honest. But um, he just looks at players who play for Spal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know it's no, bit, he, he looks. He looks at players who <laughs> who he can get in for a loan that we can never will never be able to afford the wages off. And I uh, mean, Peter, I don't know about you, but short, you know, clubs can't be that stupid when they deal with Torino, where they must surely think. Torino have had 18 players on loan with obligations to buy and they've bought zero. So why do they why would they send them to us? Well, I think yeah, I think that's that tactic is probably gonna gonna have to dry up. Do you know, because, you know what I'm trying yeah. to say? Well, surely clubs look and go, well, you never buy anybody. I think that I think their hope is I think their hope is that they'll do so well here that then somebody else will sign them. I think well, I think but, isn't it isn't it yesterday or the day before Vlasic? Yeah, was saying talk- he thinks his value's doubled. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I, I think if um, I think if Vlasic thinks that he's going to be staying in Turin for longer than a year, he's going to be severely disappointed. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I, but getting back to the question, sorry, Peter. Um, I was very optimistic of Conference League this season. I thought we could definitely finish six, seven, eighth if someone else wins the cup, maybe. But. Um, I don't know. I think we might just miss out on the fact that we can't, you know, when you dominate, you have to score. Come on, it's repetitive, but you need to score when you're on top. 
I think, think if... we might just miss out. I'm thinking maybe mm, eight, nine, ten. I think. I think we'd be top half again. I think if you think that obviously we, on the surface of it, losing Belotti and Bremer, we're we're weaker than last season because it, because the replacements haven't really had the opportunity yet to. to but show, the thing is, you knew you knew Bremer was going, and it, what annoys me is Torino. You knew he was going to get, I don't know, say 30 million for Bremer. I mean, ridiculous amount in the end he went for. But um, you knew you had to buy Pret. You had to get him. Uh, and I don't understand Leicester's... I don't understand how we haven't gone to him and just said, here's the 12 million, take it. Yeah. We need him. It's a shame, it's a shame um, for the player as well because he's going to miss out on the World Cup squad now. I he's think. going to miss out on the World Cup. And that, I, think, I think that now are you going to, if he does arrive in January, you're going to sort of have a player who's missed out on probably the last World Cup. I'm not sure how old he is. He might have one more in him. But maybe the last World Cup of his career um, because because Torino didn't really want him enough. And that, that's a bit of a shame. Yeah, it was but an they, odd one. They put everything in the last 40, 48 hours and it was just it was too late because... Le- they got into a situation where Leicester weren't comfortable selling the player, even you know a week before, two weeks before, they would have been yeah. happy to sell the player, and that's just bad. That was just bad, bad, bad planning and bad strategy. But yeah, but th- don't you think Torino always look? We bought Verdi on the last day of the season, on the last day of a window, didn't we? As a panic buy, which happens to be the worst possible transfer in the history of the club. It was, uh, yeah, whenever Torino have spent money, it's not always gone that well, to be honest. But yeah, like, no, that's right. true. Some, of our, some of our better signings have always been free. Or I, don't, I, I don't know who put the up, there was, there was some on Twitter, um, I think it was the top 15 players that Torino have signed. And some of them, oh my God, we have wasted some money. I think, we paid, I think it's Verdi and Zaza, isn't it? Something like 15 million Niang, pounds. Yeah, Niang was, yeah. And the, the, the sad thing about Niang is I think he was a Mihailovic. He was effectively a Mihailovic signing. Yeah, he was, and, yeah. And uh, yeah, Niang was terrible. Verdi was terrible. Zaza, I don't care what Rob says, was terrible. Cristiano, no, Luc- I, I, Cristiano I, I, Lucarelli was our record signing for a long time. He was terrible. Um and they've, yeah, they've, they've kind of they've kind of been others in between as well. And even like even when we bought in Recobra and big wages and people like that. Yeah, one ear flock, Jesus. Yeah. He was Recobra, yeah. a great player when he wanted to play, but I think he got paid so much money at Inter Milan he wasn't interested <laughs> in playing. No. <laughs> but um, no, it's just I, I just think we're going to miss out a little bit because of the transfer in uh, unless something happens in January. But who you know? I mean, the top goal scorer for me would be Vlasic. That, yeah, that, I, the, I can't the, see. I can't see Tony Snabry getting ten. I'd like him to get twenty, but you said he's going to struggle to get six. <laughs> he won't get six. Snabry, and Pellegrini, if they get ten between them, I'll be. Uh, well, uh, Pellegrini, I, I think he could be good. He's just too injured. He's got injured again this week, and he at the under twenty one game. Yeah, although I don't think it's too serious. But yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah. But he seems to get a knock uh, um, pretty regularly, shall we say. Um, yeah, that's, that's what happens when you start playing um, professional football at 16. It's, it's almost like yeah, it's, yeah, it's, not, it's not a good idea. When, um, when's, um, is the Russian available? Miracek, is he available this weekend? I've not, no. I've not heard anything about no um, one's, him well, or Tore- Richie. Yeah, Torino very kind of guarded, aren't they, on... Yeah, injury situations. I think it wouldn't surprise me if one of them was available. Maybe Richie for this weekend, but Baranchuk. I think last time I read it, would be another week. 
Okay, um, okay. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. Okay, we miss Richie. Because um, Lukic has not been the same player this season. Uh, the, the few games he's played, I've been really disappointed with him, um, which is a shame. But I don't, I'm hoping that his ego, at, at one good season, has, uh, I don't know, gone to his head, maybe. I think, Although I he think, did score a good goal the other night for Serbia. I think once he gets his new contract, I think he'll be, uh, he'll be happy. Yeah, he yeah, probably. It's very strange, though. You don't do it a night before a game, do you? Yeah. But anyway, um, Thank you very much for your... A lot. Thanks a lot really for your time, uh, Mason. Um, yeah, and hopefully, um, hopefully, maybe towards the end of the season we can have a sort of catch up. Yeah, and yeah, maybe yeah. Get no, a couple of your, all, couple of your you stories know. from uh, from the season of, of travelling uh, with Torino. Yeah, no problems, mate. Have a good night. Thank good, you very much. Good. I really appreciate it. I'll good. see you against Empoli. Yeah, good, I'll, good I'll luck, see you there, mate. Good luck next time you go to Fratton Park, mate. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm going to get lynched. I know I am. Um, cheers, Peter. Cheers, Mesa. It'd be Thank nice you. if you get to are you have you got plans this season to get to a game? I, yeah, I think I'm post World Cup. I'm looking at I can't remember if it was like one of the first home games in January, maybe I think it's Udinese or Spezia or someone like that. But, right, yeah. okay, yeah, no worries. Okay, um, no, it'd just be good to meet you and have a beer, that's all, mate. Exactly. And uh, yeah, and any of the other any other Toro fans listening to this, give us a shout out to uh, to any one of the three of us if you're heading out to matches this season. It'll be a uh, be good. Yeah, to I'm always there. I'll always out people. You'll be there tickets. anyway, mate. You got your season tickets. <laughs> yeah, so. but yeah, but it doesn't. Yeah, but that you know, I'll still miss one. But if anyone goes and I'm not there, they can use my season ticket. So there you go. They there can have go. a free. They can have a free game. <laughs> okay. Uh, Thank you, mate. Take Cheers. care. Take Cheers. care. So that was good. Uh, big thanks to Mesa for for joining us this week and uh, yeah, offering his season ticket to uh, to 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 any Toro fans who, who who may be going to a game when he's not there. But that was good. Something a bit different. Um, I guess yeah. Anyone else who would like to jump on for a chat uh, across the season will be be happy to give our voices a rest, won't we, Robs? Yeah, it's probably the easiest pod we've done, actually, that one. Just been able to uh, just sit back and uh, listen to uh, to another tourist uh, fan talk about their, their sort of stories being a fan. All right. Well, onwards and upwards to Naples. Uh, it's in the it's in the Saturday blackout, isn't it? So It, it is, yeah. And if, unless there's um, any illegal ways that people can find to, to watch them, I, I certainly wouldn't recommend them. I'm sure you wouldn't either, Peter, but... Um, well, I'm, I, 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 yeah, I'm staying any, clear of the one nil defeat anyway. If so. anybody, just FYI, if anybody has a betting account, um, maybe a Bet Three Six Five account, they, they do have the rights to watch Italian two two o'clock games. So, okay, a little little bit of a, a little bit of a legal way to watch the game. Uh, you, you'll have to watch it on a tiny, tiny, tiny but screen. That, but but that is that is uh, funding Stoke City, which is and yeah, that is, do, that is so. true. There are other other um, betting companies available. Okay, but, um, yeah. Um, fingers crossed we will uh, have a little bit op- more optimism uh, in next week's episode Forza Toro Forza Toro